Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's a Dapper Devil production, see? All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Glee Aggressive. Aggressive. Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. I am Karina. I am Ian. And today we are here to discuss season one, episode 11 of Glee, titled (sighs) Hairography. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, Lord. Originally aired November 25th, 2009. Um, So this is probably our post-Thanksgiving episode-ish. And what a Thanksgiving treat it was not. This is the first time a title of an episode has really given me pause. So, that's not a great start. Yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, I think about this a lot. I've I've seen at least a chunk of this episode probably when it aired. I haven't mm-hmm. I having watched it now, I know I haven't seen the whole thing. Um but I remember the little like they see the other um the other team perform and Rachel's like it's just hairography. You remember that they hairography as a concept. Exactly. So like so whenever I see like Whenever I see it in practice in the real world, I think of that. But yeah. Um, anyway, um, the recap on this was pretty short. Yep. Sue's it, back. It opens up with Sue essentially being like, "Hey, Will, remember this plot point?" <laughs> exactly. Like, she walks in and is like, "Have some exposition. Remember when I said you needed to give me the set list? Well, you haven't done that yet." And I'm right. Like, cool. 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 Especially because she's cheerleading coach of the decade. Um, mm-hmm. Good for her. Yeah. Why do I have the note Mike Chang is literally the only one who can dance? I mean, he is, but I don't know he why. Is. <laughs> but I, I guess, like, maybe they cut away to, like, a Glee Club practice. I, I know, like, Will has some sort of, like, here's the problem with Sue Sylvester, like, I guess oh. internal monologue. Yeah, he's monologuing because um, I didn't write most of it down because I right. deemed it not important. <laughs> it isn't, and, like, I don't know why we're still talking about it because I yeah. guess the point is, like, Maybe Sue is leaking the set list? Because they cut to her asking, like, very specific questions. What are the names of the schools you're competing against? There's maybe, like, a shot of her, like, peering in uh, Susie Pepper style into the choir room window. Uh. Um, Like, she, too, is haunting the halls of the Glee Club. Um, So she's acting suspicious. Yes. And... Someone tells Will, like, it's probably Emma. Is it Emma who's like, well, Will, if I you... I think so. If you suspect that Sue is leaking your set lists to other schools, why don't you just go and ask? My guess is that's what happened in this little scene with Emma and Sue, because my only note here is, fine. Yeah. I, like I, I said, don't have anything about this scene. I didn't deem anything between Sue being like, I'm a plot point again, and then Will traveling to the Jane Addams school. <laughs> Um, which I get, like, I clearly missed that because I wrote, she was at a prison, why, but it's not a prison, it's the Jane Addams School. Jane Addams um, School for, like, reformed kids, or whatever they call it. Where, them. yeah, where Eve, the, <laughs> Eve uh, is the principal. She's the principal, and she's incredible here. I did not know Eve was such a great actor. Um, would you like to hear a fun fact? Please. This role was originally offered to Whitney Houston. Aww. Um, she wasn't dead yet, she just turned it down. Um, oh, still. Uh, yeah. So, yes, Wendy Houston said no thanks, and so they went Aww. with Eve instead. Um, I mean, I feel like 
If you're I definitely be feel like they overreached. For if you're going to be second Houston. choice to anyone, being second choice to Whitney Houston is still a pretty like good. Absolutely, and I don't mean this as a knock on Eve. I think she's awesome, mm-hmm. but like I feel like they actually got within like their like yeah. their caliber of like what they could pull with Eve. Yeah. Like, I don't remember what Eve's career was like in 2009, but mm. people probably knew who Eve was. She was absolutely. Um, yeah, she was absolutely known. And my note is, Will goes to the school where Eve is principal and everyone is uncomfortable. Everyone is uncomfortable. That includes them, us, the students. Yes. Nobody's happy here. Um, she does a great job, and, like, she opens on a speech with, um, like, she's chastising a student, and then as Will walks in, she immediately goes, hey give will his wallet back and that was just like that was probably low-hanging fruit but it was really funny also why did you rob that bank that's where the money is and i'm like nah. <laughs> i loved that i love that i'm like that damn this like, girl well, this girl's in reform school for robbing a bank yeah <laughs> i love it um but then it's very much like i got some got some major bring it on vibes from this yes which is absolutely Will's from the white school and doesn't understand the perils of being in an underfunded mostly black school right um, um like they mention um like they don't really have an auditorium but they have like this massive glee club that needs to practice they have to do it in the yard which to her which her final note of that line was um this is ohio we have weather and i was like she said the thing damn she's right and she's like they don't we don't even have costumes which i We'll yeah. dispute in a second, but, um... Yeah. But, yeah, and so Will does the thing any, um, guilt-struck white person will do, which is to say, why don't you come and use our auditorium? We'll have a scrimmage. Um, which implies right. that New Directions also performed during that, but we don't see them do that, so I assume he just made them watch. Right, and I mean, like, this would have been an awesome thing if, like, the culture of the glee clubs at this point had been established as like a friendly competition thing like Mm -hmm. there's a level of like competition but respect for each other but no you're right it's definitely just kind of like oh well um i'm sorry for (laughs) my role in the white patriarchy that is our country it's got white guilt written all over it yes but it does mean we get to see this group perform bootylicious which um i know that the term twerking wasn't around in 2009 at least in the zeitgeist as it was like years later right it was all it was all hair and twerking yeah. bootylicious by destiny's child it was hair and ass um hair and ass. i will say not to nitpick but they were just like we don't have costumes but if you show up wearing coordinated outfits even if they're not high qual- like they're in costume i think they look i, I agree I mean, yeah. They looked put it together. Did the job. They looked like a, a cohesive unit, which is all a costume is really supposed to do in a show choir setting, right? Is yeah. Make them look absolutely. So I think they're doing very well with what they have in terms of that. Um, um I yeah. wrote Bootylicious was good. It was good. Um, at the risk of like white mansplaining Bootylicious on a podcast, yes, please do that. <laughs> um, I guess I'm like, like in a way, I was like, is this okay? Like, because like for. A group of high schoolers to be like doing this content like i know it's like kind of like wholesome like where's the wholesome content here like it didn't feel like something that would necessarily um play with the judges of ohio that have made it to sectionals once again i bring um, up bring it on because in the third bring it on movie which is the best bring it on movie um, i haven't seen that <laughs> okay well the third bring it on movie fo- as stars beyonce Knowles' sister and hayden right. pantanier 
and they she gets transferred to the low-income high school and finds out that the cheerleaders like to do something else, which is called crumping. Oh, and no. she was like, but you can't do crump in the cheerleading contest. It's not allowed. And they're like, yeah, but our moves are so good that even though the judges don't like them, we know we're expressing ourselves. And then, actually, the whole thing ends with Rihanna. Um, so Like, she's in the movie or yes. a song of hers? No, Rihanna's oh. in the movie. <laughs> cool! Everyone should watch Bring It On 3, All or Nothing. Do not watch Bring It On 2. It sucks. Bring It On 1 is a classic. It's great. You should watch it. Absolutely. <laughs> um... <laughs> Um, but anyway, that's what the, I got, that, that these people, I made up my own backstory where this school was like, we know our moves are too sexy for the Ohio judges, but we're going to express ourselves anyway. Which I, I absolutely buy that. And now the other, like, potentially, like, problematic Ian Mansplains a show choir number is like, it, it was absolutely a good number. I, I thought there was a bit of laziness to it, though, like, because everybody was singing all the time. Mm -hmm. And, like, they like they have clearly a talented crew all around. They have a lot of talent there, a lot of talent to go around. And they introduce, like, three women in the beginning, like, who could have been, like, soloists, yeah. leads. Like, it could have been kind of a showcase or, like, kind of what they do with um the uh, New Directions numbers. Which, by the way, I always forget that that's what their name is. Yeah. I just call them, I just imagine them like, yeah, they're the Glee Club. Have you thought um, about when you say it out loud, it sounds like nude erections? Not until now, but thank You're you welcome. for that. Yikes. <laughs> oh, shit. That's one of those things I don't know if they're in on the joke or not. <laughs> I, I guess, like, it was a solid number, but, like, I feel like they could have done more with, like, the guest talent. Yeah. And I think maybe, I, I'd like to think this is more of me nitpicking, like, what they did with, like, the talent that they could have used, as opposed to, like, me nitpicking, like, the the content of a number that a school for, like, rehabilitated girls is doing. Yes. Um, if you would like some more context, perhaps, I can tell you that three, two or three of the girls from this, this number were So You Think You Can Dance contestants. Ooh. Uh, do you care about So You Think You Can Dance in a way that would say, if I said their names, they would mean anything to you? No. Okay. Three members of So You Think You Can Dance, Katie Sheen, Carrington Payne, and Comfort Fidoke. I don't know if I said any of those names right. Um, were, I've, heard, I've heard those names. So, and I think they were probably the three sort of featured people that were shouted out at the beginning of the song. But the fact that they were So You Think You Can Dance contestants, to me, implies that they were there to feature their dancing more so than they're singing. Sure. So that's probably sure. why they didn't highlight singers. They were like, we're going to be about dancing. I think it's Rachel that's like, Mr. Shu, you seem concerned. Yes. Don't worry. This is just hairography, which, and she explains it so well that it did bring me to ask, like, I mean, you've sort of answered at the top of the episode, but like, is hairography a known term within the performing community or is it a known term because of Glee? I think it's a, I mean, I think it's a known term because of Glee. Yuck, I hate I that. I think, I think Glee <laughs> saw, like, an opportunity and, like, capitalized on, like, the headbanging and, like, the hair swaying of it all. Meanwhile, Rachel, Rachel says their choreography is subpar, but, like, they did full, like, jump splits. They did very well, too. Yeah, and, like, even nowadays, I don't think, like, I have not heard the term hairography outside of, like, a group of people who would know it from Glee. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. But Will is taken by hierography. He thinks it's the way to victory. 
because then yes. he once again decides to change the rules or throw up all preparation for sectionals and say, we're doing a new number. Remember those ballads we were working on last episode? Throw them out, out the, the window. window. <laughs> now it's songs we're about We're going to mash up a song with hair Will from Schuster, the musical Hair. Will Schuster really went home and said, Okay, hairography. And he typed hair <laughs> songs into the Google search bar and got hair the musical. And he said, Good enough. Done. <laughs> and then he went to Goodwill and bought every single wig he could find. And that's which is concerning. How we get Artie in a roster wig. Which oh, God, is, which, uh, no. Yikes. Yikes. Tally on the yikes board. No. Oh, God. Ugh. It was just like. Why, Will? Don't you care about your Glee Club at all? Shouldn't you be rehearsing real songs? Like, or like, you know, the many songs that you've done in the past up to this point, which I know was not the point of the show. Ah, yeah, I yeah. I know. Stop yelling. Let us have this. <laughs> let us have this. Um, then we go, Puck and Quinn, in the hallway. Yep. Now we have, like, Quinn's moment, which is Quinn is having a classic which boy do I choose moment this episode. Right. She feels under siege, and then Kendra and Terry appear almost out of nowhere, Thanks. which I don't, I did not think we needed them. She's questioning her relationship with Finn and wants to get closer to Puck, mm-hmm. and her way of doing that is by distracting Finn in an attempt to she's all that Rachel Barrett. <laughs> I literally wrote down, so she's gonna have Kurt go she's all that on Rachel. <laughs> yes! <laughs> because they say Rachel would be good. But she dresses like a grandmother and a toddler at the toddler same time. Toddler at the same time. I loved that. And then they cut to her wearing like a Hillary Clinton power suit. I fucking love that. The pantsuit bit was genius to me. I'm like, damn. The confidence? I respect the shit out of it. The confidence you have to show up in high school wearing a pantsuit. I, God, I wish that were me. The audacity. So yes, I like this. I like this a little bit. I like this bit too. Um... And also, of course, like I'm gonna always support Quinn, yep. um, except like she was a she was a lot in this Quinn this episode. Was having so characters in Glee don't remember about their growth from previous episodes. So Quinn was right. kind of back to being like mean girly in this episode. Like yes, she was. Yes, she might be off the Cheerios and her popularity's tanked, but she's still got a little bit of like popular girl like manipulator right. in her. When you learn how to fight like a popular girl, you yep. only know how to fight like a popular girl. Then we cut to Terry and Will going to sleep, and there's a full pillow between them. Look, besides the fact, besides putting a full pillow in between, maybe, I, too, need a full cocoon of pillows to sleep comfortably. Like, I will read myself here. I got, I got them everywhere. It's amazing there's room on the bed for another person. The difference is, Karina, you're not hiding a hysterical <laughs> pregnancy from your husband. No, I'm not faking a pregnancy from my husband. I just have really bony knees, and I need support. <laughs> Which, like, big old side note, it is still, like, bonkers. It's always bonkers to me when one of my friends gets married and I say, your husband. Yeah, it's just Because Zach. it's like, we, we you know him. <laughs> it's Zach. I know Zach. We used to party together above a pizza shop in college. <laughs> Different podcast. But um, now we're married, and and he has to deal with the fact that I need four pillows minimum. <laughs> I, I, I lost my place in my notes for a second. That was awesome. Oh, and um, then it's like an uncomfortable comment about, like, I'm trying to be intimate with my wife. And she goes, you're not trying to be intimate. You're trying to have sex. Also, consent, buddy. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be worth it when the baby shows up. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, there's a lot of internal monologues. Carrie is, like, a little introspective here, where she's like, I feel like I'm in too deep, I'm kind of over my head, but I really want a family with Will, and this seems like the only, like, this is the only way I can do it. It's that same framing of Terry as, like, a dumb blonde, essentially, who's gotten herself in too deep and doesn't know how to get out. Exactly. Um, and again, wonderful actress. Makes... So, makes chicken salad out of chicken shit. This is another one of those episodes that decided to double down on, like, a word of the day. Because now right. everyone's talking about distractions. Like, yes. hierography is a distraction. Phil, yep. Quinn needs to distract Finn so she can hang out with right. Puck. Terry needs to distract Will so she can continue faking her pregnancy. Like... And so everyone says the word distracted at least one time, and I kind of hate when they do that. It's very on the nose. They, they hit it so many times. And then we have this makeover scene where Kurt opens with, like, his little bangs thing. Yes. He, he also says, we, it, it, we need to distract from your horrible personality. Yep. He just fully drags Rachel in this scene, which is bonkers. And, I mean, like, this whole thing... This whole episode felt very out of character for Rachel. Mm-hmm. Because even though Rachel is obnoxious and loud and an outcast and, like, very much, like, an other mm-hmm. in a way, she has never not been confident or sure of herself. Yeah. And this entire episode just throws that out the fucking window as well. Because, like, all of a sudden, she's this insecure little nobody. Something about who, Kurt's word is enough to send her into, like, believing that she needs to change herself. But also, like, she confides in Kurt after fucking dragging her that, like, she has a crush on Finn and, like, really wants to, like, catch his attention. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, so different than, like, the girl who was like, yeah, we're gonna do a sex-positive rendition of Push It by salt and Peppa. God, that was a lifetime ago. I read it as kind of, like, an unfortunate use of Kurt in this sort of, like, sassy gay man trope, where he's, like, mm-hmm. a bitchy hairdresser, who you're like, oh, you're you're just telling it like it is. It's okay that you're telling me my eyebrows are trash, because your opinion is valid, because you're a sassy gay friend. And then... It didn't feel like that to me. I don't think it worked, but I think that's what they were going for. Right, right. We're on the same page. And I feel like, also, Kurt is genuinely just here to, like, have a fun time with a makeover until he finds out that Rachel also has a crush on Finn, which, first of all, how did he not know? She's been very obvious. Absolutely. And But now sees her as competition and uses his makeover as a sabotage technique. Does he ever mention, or does anybody ever mention around him that, like, Rachel clearly has a crush? Because I feel like that's one of those things that, like, I, in an internal monologue or something, Kurt would have been like, and we all know, like, Rachel's in my way as well, or I something. I guess, no. I Maybe we only know it as viewers, because we spend so much time with Finn and Rachel that we know it, and maybe it's not obvious to the rest of the Glee Club, but she spends so much time mooning, I don't know how it couldn't be obvious. Kurt puts the whole thing in musical theater terms. Of course. With Grease, of course. Of course. Um, Sandy ditched the poodle skirt and put on a cat suit. She, quote, she had to dress like a hoe. Uh, sure. Ugh. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and so I basically summed up all of these in one, which is Kurt's going to make Rachel into a hoe. Um, yep. Terry bought Will a car, so he'll yes. stop. Because suddenly Will loves cars. Suddenly Will loves cars. That is also a new fun fact, I guess, yeah. about 
Will. So she buys him a replica of his old high school car, which they fucked in um, years ago. I also like that he was like, oh my gosh, it's like the car I had in high school, and she feels the need to clarify, it's not that exact same car, and I was like, did did he believe that, or what is this yeah. for? Okay. Um, it would have been really funny if it was, though. It would have. Um, Kendra brings Quinn, is this is where, no, yeah. is this where Kendra brings Quinn in, and Terry's like, what the fuck are you doing? Will could have seen this. Yes, because she um, she covers by asking him to go buy her frozen yogurt, and he says he'll stop by Pet Boys, where you can get oh everything God, for yes. less. Uh, and Quinn gets upstairs to their apartment and drops a bomb on them, which is where she's like, I think I am want to keep my baby. Yep. And so now we have somewhere to go in this scene. And so now, in order to try to thwart that, we get Kendra saying, I would like to uh, keep this baby. And Kendra says, oh, to stop you from keeping the baby, we're going to have you babysit my kids, who has been right. previously established as shitty. And Quinn uses that as an opportunity to babysit with Puck. So we're all set up right. now, basically. Backtracking just a little bit, I guess there's a cutaway to Will and the director of the choir for the School for Deaf yeah. children. Well, yeah, my and next it, note is I wish we didn't have so many School for the Deaf jokes. It was bad, man. Yeah. It was, it was just such in poor taste. Yep. Like, the whole joke of, like, he can't hear that his phone is ringing is just so cringy. I have another... I'm full of fun facts this episode. Something about this episode had a lot of deep hidden lore. Um, so the scene where uh, Rachel shows up to school in, like, a corset and a skirt and looking like a quote-unquote hoe... Um, she runs into Finn, and they have a whole conversation, and Finn is, like, obviously, like, whoa, look at these boobs, and they agree to go hang out at Rachel's house to practice later on, on hair care, because Finn needs to learn how to take care of his new wig. Here's the fun fact about it, because none of that is fun, <laughs> but in the back, there's an instrumental track, which isn't very notable, but the instrumental track is an instrumental of Dionne Warwick's Don't Make Me Over, huh? and... Glee actually releases a cover of Don't Make Me Over, sung by Mercedes, that is counted as one of the songs of this episode. Because I just look at Wikipedia to tell me what the songs of the episode are, because I don't have a perfect memory. And I was looking, and I was like, they didn't sing Don't Make Me Over. I like that song. I would have remembered. And then I looked it up, and yeah, they just used the backing instrumental. And I guess maybe it has something to do with licensing, like, to use the backing instrumental, they had to make it a cover. So they recorded sure. Mercedes singing it. You could get it on iTunes. Awesome. So um, it's, uh, file that away. Oh, that is interesting. That is a fun fact. <laughs> yeah, so you can look it up. Mercedes sings Don't Make Me Over. Backtracking just a little bit again, because for some reason I have an odd amount of notes about, like, that scene before. Do any yeah, of us go. believe that Will knows how to fix a car? No. Absolutely not. 100% no. Um... There was a bit of time where it sounded like Kendra literally wanted to steal Quinn's baby. Yeah, she was like, "We're gonna like, like they were planning to sit in her hospital room and like wait and till it was out, and then to be like, okay, I thanks, this is ours it. now.' Yeah, yeah, yeah." Ugh. And I was like, "Oh no, I I hate Kendra. Like, I don't. She's like, yeah, she exists to make Terry look at all human, and because they've already dehuman, like made Terry look so insanely villainous. Kendra has to be a literal like." caricature right. of a human. Maybe part of why I dislike her so much is because, like, it's a very real possible person nowadays, but... Yeah. 
Yeah. She didn't age well. She didn't age well. Um, so they're going to hire Quinn to babysit to change her mind about um, keeping her kid, which you said. Yep. And then we're, then we're back in the hallway. Um, the uh, Rachel invites him over, and he has to ask Quinn's permission. Which right. He, which Quinn immediately grants because she wants to she's get She's also Huck. trying to do some things. Yeah, she's out, everyone's trying to distract everyone else. I will say I love this line that was like, what puck what are you doing friday night and he was like well my plan was to look depressed in front of a 7-eleven until someone buys me beer buys me beer which is just like just such a perfect character move you do you puck um and then i think we cut to them practice like they have their wigs and they're like britney's gonna teach us how to do hairography i hated the scene she's and she's like, it's like getting tased. Yes. He, she like said it was seizure. like cool epilepsy, which is not okay. Yeah. Like, no. we did not need the scene. Like, I don't, I didn't need a fight between Will and Sue. Like, of course, like Jane Lynch is solid. Of, right. The integrity of a show choir and being flashy versus being talented. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with Jane Lynch, like, forcing her way back in as co-director. Absolutely yes. cool. Um, but I would have been fine with her just, like, them just, like, rehearsing a number, and at the end she goes, hey, surprise, I'm co-director again. Will, shut your mouth. I'm doing this. Yeah. Yeah, Jane Lynch deciding that she hates the concept of hairography, and that's why cheerleaders use ponytails, um, is an odd hill to die on. Like, I get it, but, like, still... Um, uh, there's one saving grace about this scene, and you can only discover it if you watch the episode on Netflix with captions on. Which I did. And it it's very quick, but while they're practicing and they're sort of like cutting away from the kids practicing the choir room, the choir room to the hall, is you can hear one of them go, "My neck, my back." Oh man, how did I miss that? Which is definitely just one of the cast members like getting away with it oh like, my that god wasn't a absolutely line. oh god i'm gonna go back and look out for that just for that it's only it's only a joke if you like you can't hear it i just read it and i was like that's funny god only saving grace of this scene wow and then will ends this scene like he did with another episode with okay from the top top make it drop top. um will getting weirdly up in arms about an idea he has like 12 hours ago is a very will schuster move yeah where he's like, no, I'll go, I'll die on this hill of hairography. <laughs> right. Even though it wasn't even my idea, and I, none of, half the class doesn't want to do it. Then we have a scene between Finn and Rachel. Rachel literally just enters as Sandy from Greece with, like, the big curly down. hair and everything, which is wild. And she has a backing track of the, you're the one that I want. Which is, like, the, the least sexiest thing in the world to me, is a piano backing track of you're the one that I want from Greece, the movie, the musical. Ian, I wrote down, role-playing the movie Grease is literally the least sexy thing you could be doing. (laughs) You don't invite someone over to, like, role-play the movie Grease. No No. one wants that. No one wants that. Finn certainly doesn't. Finn never sounds good singing You're the One That I Want, by the way. I don't know why they keep making him sing it. Right. Exactly. He doesn't sound good. He doesn't. But he does say you look like a sad clown hooker, which is, like... I know, and he stops the music and is like, Rachel, I need to tell you this as nice as possible. You look like a sad clown hooker. And I'm like, that's your as nice as possible? My God. Oh, my God. What were you really thinking? What were you really thinking? And, like, it's like, this just isn't you. We find out it's it's the opposite of what 
Finn actually likes right. because he told Kurt, and Kurt used that to sabotage Rachel. Yeah. I thought that was like. It was more in character for Rachel to basically just admit what she was doing. Like, yes. Because Rachel's pretty in touch with these things, so she was like, I was doing this to impress you. Like, I thought this is what you liked in girls, and so that's why I did this. Which is not something I would have been able to admit. I would have been like, no, this is just my new style, and I'm not embarrassed at all. Um, <laughs> where she was able to just own it. Um, it did give me weird vibes of, like... Finn, I don't know. I don't know what it is about guys in high school being like, no, I just like girls that are all natural, you know? I'm like, okay, well, they're not doing it for you. They're not doing it for you, Finn. Like... It's a very standard, like, straight man thing. Just like I'm natural. It also felt like maybe something we were doing more in 2009. That, like, that that line read dated to me. Sure. Because we also know, especially from this, like, that Finn really does like Rachel... Um, for who she is. Yeah, and, like, I did feel bad for Rachel that, like, she kind of humiliated herself here. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. We give Rachel a hard time, but, like, it, this was this was sad to watch. Um, it was. It was. This was a rough scene, and she's dressed yeah. as Sandy from Greece for the whole of it, so the that doesn't help. And then we have Puck and Ugh. Quinn babysitting. Yeah! Yeah. <laughs> I love this. Oh. I thought yeah, they're tied up. They're tied up by the kids. I mean, I, I immediately went to moment. the song. Oh, well, yeah. I like. I, I completely forgot about um, them being tied up by the kids, and Puck <laughs> is texting underneath the chair. Yes. Um, somehow Puck brought his guitar with him. Don't don't you, Ian? Are you telling me if you showed up to a babysitting gig, you wouldn't bring your guitar? I mean, I have been described as Big Maria Von Trapp energy, so it would be on brand for me. <laughs> Boy, what a brand you have, huh? I I have never been described as Maria Von Trapp. I have played Shame. Rolf, though. I played Rolf in high school. God, you, of course you did. I, right? Uh, wait, what a sound of music fact for you. Please. That Kurt from Glee is named after Kurt from The Sound of Music because Chris Colfer had just finished playing that role. Really? Yes. Holy shit. God bless what's his name. God bless what's his um, name. Kurt! Um, that, was, that was yeah. like an early meme. So, yeah, you know how all kids love the song Papa Don't Preach. <laughs> Clearly. That's, um, that's very appropriate for, I guess, a, a pair of ten-year-old triplets. This is the, These are the songs that they should be giving Diana Agron. Yeah, it was a perfect song for her. Like, the performance of it was perfect. In her voice, it sounded incredible. Like, she, like, ugh. Ugh! Yes. Yeah. Yes. Puck, like, accompanying on the guitar was a solid choice. Like, having, like, that kind of acoustic yeah. version of it. And then at the end, like, the ten-year-olds are like, sing it again! And I'm like, you and me both. Play it again. Play it again. Yeah, it works every time. Only caveat is the whole mm-hmm. real life uh, puck. What's his name? Uh, oh, Mark Sailing. Mark Sailing. Yeah. Issue of it all. Yeah. My roommate pointed that out to me. It's uncomfortable to think about. If you it is want to know what we're talking about, Google it. Yeah, it's again our big fat disclaimer that we know we don't like it either, and yikes. Yikes. Um, but um, they gotta... They do it. They use their magic Papa Don't Preach powers to tame these monster children into taking a bath and going to sleep, which is apparently something Kendra and her husband have never been able to do. Because they're terrible QAnon parents. Yep. Just try music. It's fixed for everyone. Clearly. Um, 
I wrote down, so, is Will at all suspicious that Puck and Quinn are together babysitting at his house? I don't think so. If he was like, he wasn't like, oh, this is a weird little pairing. This is a weird little thing happening. I think this is the thing where it's like, Will's a bad teacher, is dumb, etc. he's too distracted. <laughs> By his car. Um, yes. He is too distracted. Yeah, like, true, like, part, like, there's like 20 seconds of him and Kendra's husband talking about car parts, and I'm like, this is so out of character. Ugh. Yeah. And then literally, he like, he says, like, I guess I've just been distracted, and I wrote down Guts 2.0. Guts 2.0. <laughs> yes. And then we're back in the hallway, which, Karina, I don't know if you noticed this. I don't know if I did. This is the first conversation in the hallway that doesn't take place at full volume. <gasps> they use appropriate they tones? Use, they use appropriate, um, my, um... In the acting classes I take, um, this would be the technique called "Don't let the neighbors hear," which is Ooh. you don't, which is like perfectly suitable in this because, like, yeah, you don't want. Of course, Rachel doesn't want everybody listening in on his, her conversation with Kurt about yeah. how like they both like are in love with this dude and like it'll never happen for them. Um, right, they're both just distractions. Right, and it was the first time that like they didn't say it like at full volume. Um, yes, they actually, they've been listening to the show. Exactly. They've <laughs> they, been taking they, our advice. They love our podcast. Um, but yeah, they both basically, like, and then Rachel says, like, I know it doesn't, wouldn't matter how much of a shot I have, I'd still be ahead of you because I'm a girl. Um, right. Which also sat uncomfortably with me in a way I can't quite understand why it sits so uncomfortably with me. Sure. But I didn't feel great. Right. Even though, like, I guess she's technically right. She's right. Yeah, she didn't say doesn't, anything wrong, but... Doesn't make it, it right. Just, right. Yeah. It's true. It might not be right. Yes. Um, then Santana has lines, and this is Santana where... Santana comes in hot. She comes in hot, calls Quinn Tubbers. Um, we all learn what sexting is, because it's 2009. I can't in 2009, we A, had to say what sex- sexting was, and B... Something about like it's sexting, sexy, sexy texting. texting. <laughs> oh god, that oh, I remember. Is it, is I remember some, that are bit. Doing, are you doing some sexy texting with? The... <laughs> and we get to see examples of the sexy texting. Yeah, later. I wish I had paused and read them, but and like she ends the Ooh. scene on like my sex are too hot to erase. Like no one says that. No one says that, but it's but it's Naya Rivera and it's oh. awesome. Santana says that. My sexts are too hot to erase. Okay, ma'am. Then we cut to the school for the deaf is there because in that very uncomfortable conversation with the choir director, Will agrees to have them do a number in their choir room for them as well. In their scrimmage, yes. They invite them to join the scrimmage in which the new directions do crazy in love. Um, Mashed up with? Hair. Right? Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. I, that, wild. Um, this is a pretty universally hated number, I'm going to tell you right now. It's not good. Most critics did not like it. It's, yeah. Like, I get, I, I get, I get it, but also, like, no. I don't know if I get it, I'll be honest. I think it's just, I like, mean, like, literally just because, like, it's not, it doesn't surprise me that, like, they went with the on the noseness of hair for hairography hair. again plus will googled hair songs plus a beyonce number 
uh, right. to do the hairography, and they're like, oh, we need a mashup. Um, and I guess doing Beyonce is sort of like one-upping Jane Addams' school for doing a Destiny's Child number. Uh, yeah. Like, you could see it that yeah. way. Um, regardless, I didn't like it. I like that it was Mercedes and Artie, because yes. I love them. Yes. But here's my hot take. Fuck Crazy in Love. I just wanted to hear them sing Hair. I'm, I'm gonna go I with like you on that. I like the song Hair from Hair, and I think Artie was doing a good job singing it. Me too! There was too much Crazy in Love, not enough Hair. You know, I will die on this hill with you. I just and like the title song from Hair. Me too, it's a great- I mean, I saw that show- it, that's when the show was on Broadway. There was a revival happening of Hair at that time, so that was very much, like, apropos. And if you have a problem with it, gleeaggressive at gmail.com, send us your essays. I like the song Hair more than I like the song Crazy in Love. There, I, I might be it. with you. I might be with you. Um, we will die on this it hill was, together. So it definitely accomplished what it was supposed to, which is to be, like, super frenetic, super, like, too much over the top. You can see Will, like, in the moment realizing, oh, I've, I've fucked up. I'm doing too much. This number is insane and not good. Um, so in that respect it did accomplish itself but it also did need to be a song they sold on iTunes right. so two things a i know this is splitting hairs Ugh, sorry <laughs> i don't believe Rachel would actually agree to this no b just just recreate the music video with Mercedes Tina Santana Britney and Quinn and yeah. all will be well i don't need to see that many boys in wigs today yeah and um, also so- question did yeah. Quinn get more pregnant throughout this episode? I feel like Maybe. she. I feel like she, she grew it. throughout. Maybe this. Maybe this is the first time they put her in a pretty deliberately tight shirt because they've been really sticking to the flowy. Like as um, Kurt puts it, when because when first Quinn comes and asks Kurt for a makeover way in the beginning of the episode, he drops a bunch of like tips for her and says right. that baby doll dresses are very obvious, and they have been putting Quinn in a lot of like just below the bust on Pierre waist things to right. sort of give the illusion that she's not pregnant. And this time she's wearing a, a t-shirt. Right. So it could just be I'd buy that. Illusion. I'd buy that. That's um, giving Glee a lot of credit, though, so. <laughs> valid. Um, and then we have Imagine, which... So, so first of all, this is when deafness stops being a joke to Glee and starts becoming um, very hashtag inspirational, right? Yes. So, I think my first thought is Glee did not earn this number. Ooh. Yes. Something I did not even think about, but you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. And then my second big thought is this could have worked, but... And this was something that was being talked about in 2009, according to some of the reviews I read, that One One Direction... Oh, no. I'm sorry. New Directions! (laughs) It was bound to happen. I know. New Directions... (laughs) Joining in on on the number, uninvited particularly, mm. uh, was an unnecessary and kind of cringeworthy move. Okay. That they, what they essentially did was insert themselves into a number that they were not invited into because deaf people, by their measure, were not doing it enough, I guess. I think if they had been invited by the deaf school to join them in the number, it could have landed better. But as it is, they took something and inserted themselves into this moment that wasn't theirs. That's um, 100% valid, because I didn't even think of that. All I was thinking, like, I fucking love this number. 
And this that's falls, the thing. That falls in the, like, Glee didn't deserve, like, Glee didn't earn this number or deserve this yeah. number. Because, like, I saw the theatricality in this. Like, this almost mm-hmm. makes it not diegetic in a way. Because yeah. it becomes something much more than, like, what we're expecting. Which is, like, we're expecting this, like, cringeworthy number of people who can't hear having to do music. Right. And it's the twist that nobody um, expected. Um <laughs> Like I mean I, I, I'm a little more torn now that you mentioned that. But yeah, like, no, that's but now fair. Like, but now, but like when I first watched this, I was like, this is beautiful. And I think standing yeah. alone, like I guess, kind of tying it all together, like if this were either something standing alone or if this were something that was truly like set up to be a theatrical moment and not like mm-hmm. kind of like the oh I feel the music I'm gonna sing, um, right. Or, like, if it had been an invitation, then it would have been perfect. Because here's the thing about this, is I can recognize all of this thing that it's it's Glee inserting their able-bodied selves into a number that was being done by disabled people expressing themselves in in their own way. Um, And as one one person said, it was a good intentions but had sort of a cringy outcome. But taken out of context... Uh, it got me, like, yeah. we can technically, like, I, it made me really emotional, it can add another tick onto Karina Cried a little bit by accident on Glee, like, it, <laughs> Sure, it got me, like, it I- got, it got me, and it's beautiful, and, like, the actors have spoken on it, saying that it felt like, apparently, like, there's a quote that a bunch of them got, like, imagined tattoos after, like, a bunch of the cast got imagined tattoos after this, because the moment oh. was so, like... Yeah, Jenna Ushkowitz commented that the performance of Imagine brought the cast and crew to tears, and several cast members got Imagine tattoos afterwards, Aww. as it was a nice checkpoint in their lives. Like, they clearly had, as Glee so often does, I think they had the right intentions, but it came off in a little bit of a weird way because of how Glee treats minorities and right. disabled people. Um, Again, they went from treating it as a total joke to something right. that's inspirational now and like moving. i guess for what it's worth there was a sense of community that came out of that number between the two yeah. schools i still loved it like it, it was still I, beautiful. yeah again removed of context and beautiful if you can number. kind of frame it as this was a moment that they both agreed to collab but like and also and like the thing of it this was them supposed to be like showing off what they can do and a different a second glee club decided that they were going to be part of their number now right which is not I, in terms cool. of scrimmage rules, very uncool. <laughs> exactly. So then after after that, we um, what is my note here? Every... My note is a bunch of plot that undoes everything, and Sue is still a villain. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like <laughs> Quinn ends up giving up the baby anyway. Yep, yep. Um, Quinn is like, no. Turns out neither of these men. Oh, she confirms that Puck had been sexting Santana. That's and it. She was like. You won't, he, and his response is, well, you won't sleep with me since you're pregnant, so I'll want to be with you, but only if I can still fuck other hot women. And she's like, no. It's a terrible so. fucking speech. Um, th- that was my note, which is, of course, Puck lied to Quinn. It yeah. got, <laughs> it, autocorrect whatever I wrote ended up, <laughs> yeah, of course, Puck licked to Quinn. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Licked all over her. <laughs> um... <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah. Then, like, Rachel goes back to, Rachel goes back to normal, Finn is like, Rachel, I can't do this with you, I'm, and goes and tells Quinn, like, 
I, I'm sorry I hung out with Rachel while we, that's what I was doing. Quinn goes back to Finn and is like, can we be in love again? Which is very melodramatic. It but, is. And so then they're back together and nothing's changed. Kurt and Rachel are like, have a moment where they're both like, neither of us have a chance because he's yeah. always going to be with Quinn. And then we've literally ended up right back where we started at the beginning of the episode. Exactly. They're not going to do a hierography number. And Quinn's um, still giving up her baby. And it's Sue like is still a villain. There's a point at which, like, my roommate and I were talking about, like, okay, Quinn, do you want to be honest now? No, she doesn't. And the answer she's is still no. Kind of a mean girl. Um, she's a little exactly. bit manipulative. Um, but at the same time, like, there is something like, and of course, I know I'm biased, and like, Karina, feel free to tell me if I'm wrong. Kind of like what we were just talking about with JW on the last episode, like. There is something that's, like, multifaceted and three-dimensional about mm-hmm. Quinn that, like, I don't yeah. see with so many of the other characters. It's because they're willing to give her a plot where she is, still has some of her, like, popular mean girl manipulative streak. Like, she was definitely not a nice person at the beginning of the show. She clearly was very much bullying Rachel. Right. And, but she's also a girl who's undergoing a really traumatic, life-changing experience and has a complicated relationship with her parents and has a complicated rela- relationship to, like sex probably and mm-hmm. her own like she's they've given her some things to work with that make quinn a more interesting character right will sells the car for a minivan yep oh yeah that's the other plot that gets undone um i don't know how many children they're expecting to not have that he's getting oh. a minivan you know a baby needs a whole minivan I, they take listen so much i was an only child and all i wanted my parents to get when i grew up was a, when i was growing up was a minivan that's a fascinating piece of information about you again. <laughs> I guess I guess you are just learning this about me now. Um, is it the, is it because of the sliding doors? No, it's because they typically had TVs in them. Oh, I feel I that. Think I, I think I just wanted to watch TV on car rides. I also wanted that. I, yeah, you're right. This was like before, like um. Like, you could download, like, an episode of something on Netflix to your iPad right. and save no, it offline. we didn't even have iPads. You needed exactly. to watch a DVD in your car, and that was in a minivan. Yeah, right. no, you're absolutely right. Yes. Side note that somehow is almost also related is that once at a tag sale, we found a car VCR, which was a VCR you plugged into a cigarette lighter, and you could, like, hang it on the back seat, and we bought it so I could watch movies on car rides. And the only one I had was Sound of Music. <laughs> so I'd watch the VHS of Sound of Music on long car rides. And this was fully in the 2000s. So VHS oh, was this. not really around still. This is... I'm glad we both have shared something about ourselves today that we did not previously know about each other. And it's that we just both really wanted to watch TV and cars. I hate road trips. Like... I love road trips, but I still want to be able to watch Sound of Music wherever I am. <laughs> exactly. Um, does it still work? Oh no, it's long gone. Oh no. And I got a portable DVD player shortly, like, after that. Because, again, that was what you had at the time. Right. Um. Ah, lord. Anyway, um, Sue and Shu are, Shu thanks Sue Sue for seeing the light. Right. You don't have to do hairography. Your kids can shine and be talented. I feel like he needs to credit the school for the deaf for that come to Jesus moment. Yeah. It's uh, part of the failing of this episode. Yes. And, and then, then Sue turns around and sells the set list to the two other principals. Which is wild. Which, like, on, like I mean, not that I think it's right, but, like, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, Jane Lynch has a point here where it's like, I right. do what I need to do 
to make my people to like to make my cheerleaders win. Like and yeah. then she singles out both of the schools and it's like, do you think your children have a future really? Like this is what yeah. they've got. And it's like Yeah. It's tough love in a probably terrible way that's probably not okay. Um, because yeah, it is a bit reductive. But I Right yeah. sort of advice with like wrong intentions as Sue so often does. Right. Yeah, like Eve principal Eve is like are you trying to, like, I'm trying to teach these girls that you can win with hard work and honesty, and this right. is, you're asking me to do the exact theft. And then the school for the deaf principal just says, what, I can't hear because I had scarlet fever. Which, like, I, I hate. Because then I he's back the... to being a joke. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's, and then it's it, bad. It, it, but then it ends on a better place, I Which, like, after, after a Glico rehearsal where, she was like, no, man, we're going to go back to what we know, which is sitting on stools and singing, which they do. Yep, they do. They sing True Colors. Yeah, which, I mean, uh, justice for Tina. We got our justice for Tina this episode. We do. I thought she was lovely. She was. I have, like, a visceral memory of this episode first airing and being like, oh, Tina's singing the song. Like, I, I remember being so excited to see her on the lead because really up until this point we haven't had a final, like, a, a female number that was, like, a final, like, ending number that wasn't Rachel, really. Right. Like, we've had the group numbers that featured others, but this was literally just a Tina solo ending an episode. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, we've had her have solos in other songs yeah. that were more ensemble numbers, but this was Tina's song. This was a full Tina song. I feel, what I feel really bad about, though, is that, like, this didn't hit for me the way that Imagine did. No, that's fair. And it's like, I feel like that's kind of where I feel like we kind of shorted Tina in a way, because like, if it, if this weren't following Imagine, yeah. again, out of context, um, yeah. then I feel like this would have sort of been like the number that might have got us. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, that being said, like, it was killer. Like, she's incredible. Like, it was a fun little ensemble number where they can kind of like sing with at to each other. Um, yeah. Here's the things I think about this number. Please. Some facts. First of all, now I can't separate this number, this song, from the movie Trolls, um, which yeah. is... Yeah, which we saw together in We did Colorado. see Trolls together. Yeah. And the theaters. So now I think of Trolls when I think of this movie, which isn't bad, but does maybe take away from Tina's moment a little bit. Maybe that's part of um, it, too. You've heard Justin Timberlake sing this song to Anna Kendrick. With so. Anna Kendrick. Tina does a great job, and I'm very, very happy for her. And also, like, so the, the Tina, Tina Gate runs pretty deep. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but Glee went on tour. Right. And this was the number that a lot of the cast members fought for her to be able to sing. Because there was so few Tina solos and they didn't have one. So I think the cast basically had to be like, look, Tina, like, Jenna Ushkowitz deserves Her fucking to, moment. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so they, this is the song that Tina would get to sing on tour eventually. Which Good. is great. Good. I do say Tina because they toured in character, not as, like... They didn't tour as featuring Naya Rivera as Santana. They toured as, like, it's Santana. Right. It's Artie. He had to be in the wheelchair the whole time. Did like, he? Yes. Oh, no. He was oh, in the wheelchair no. on tour because he was Artie. He wasn't Kevin McHale. I know. Uh, yes. Uh, um, but, yes, this number hit for me really well way back in the day when I saw it because I was like, this is exciting to see Tina singing this song. I do say now, Rachel threw, like, and Will presents this as our third number for sectionals. 
And Rachel, Rachel was throwing such a fit so many episodes ago about Tina maybe getting a section with Solo, but it's cool now. Out of character. Out of character. I mean, I'm, I didn't want to hear Rachel have another breakdown, but I do not think she would have been cool with this. I know it's because this is the end of the emotional episode and it's about them feeling good, but I don't buy it. Right. I mean, like, I, I guess there's part of me that's like, yeah, she has Don't Stop Believing. We can all calm down now. Um, but yeah, I was like, there's no way, because, like, this is really just Tina singing, and there's no way Rachel would have let that fly for sectionals. Didn't they also tour in character for High School Musical? Probably. I feel like that, that was also like a thing they did. Me. Yes. I, I just know Imagine. it as a thing that may have happened. Anyway. Um, yeah, so that's the episode. I didn't really that's care it. about this episode a whole lot. No one did. This felt... I mean, it it was uncomfortable. There was a lot of uncomfortable jokes regarding both troubled youth and deaf kids. The best number of the show was sullied by this weird inspiration porn um, thing, <laughs> yeah. but also it hit so good that yeah. it's hard to... Um, and now that does mean we have to ask. Um, so there's what, one, two, three, four, five, six... Technically seven, if you want to count the fact that they count Don't Make Me Over, a song we didn't actually get to hear. Sure. Uh, songs in this episode. You have 99 cents left on your iTunes gift card. I like that I have 99 cents left, as if, like, I had $10 and I kept on spending money on, like, other forms of music. You had $10 and you bought better music. <laughs> but now you've just finished watching this episode of Glee and you're like, oh, I kind of like that one. Which one are you going to get? I wish I had a video of you saying, oh, I kind of like that one. Um, I think I would go with Papa Don't Preach. Okay, that's a good answer. It's not like, I feel like it's not like the, what's stopping me from saying Imagine mm -hmm. is like, I don't think I would really listen to Imagine a whole lot just because I'm never typically in the mood. I have to really be in the mood for music that's going to make me cry. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas like, this kind of like fun, groovy, acoustic Papa Don't Preach sung by my favorite woman like, I would, I, I would do that. Yeah. Um, apparently Yoko Ono was a hard sell to get imagined in this show. Really? Yeah. What about you? Um, this is a hard one for me. This is a hard one for me. Um, oh, I can't believe they count You're the One That I Want as one of the songs. Oh, no, I no. I wouldn't. <sighs> because the song that fits most with my vibe in terms of, like, songs that are upbeat and fun is really what I want I want to just hear them singing hair. <laughs> yes. I want a full cover of Artie singing hair. That's right. what I really want. But I can't have that without also having to have the frenetic crazy and love shit. So I don't want to say the mashup of hair crazy and love, but it is on my radar. I guess I would probably actually go for True Colors. I think I did get True Colors back in the day because, you know, I like to want to support Jenna Ushkowitz. Totally. And it, and it was a sweet number. And there's it there's is. time and a place for True Colors. So Absolutely. Not as good as the Trolls version. Not as good as the Trolls version. But I mean, but what is? Nothing could be. <laughs> go watch Trolls. Here's the things you need to watch today. Bring it on one. Bring it on three. <laughs> trolls. Sound of music? Always. Treat yourself at the end with some sound and music, some nice, lighthearted, three-and-a-half-hour content. That's like a full day's worth of viewing pleasure for you folks. I yeah. highly recommend it. <laughs> From our podcast oh, about Glee. All right. Oh. If people wanted to find you on social media, Karina, where could they do so? 
Whew, if you want to find me on social media, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Epic Adventure of. Um, I've been told it's fun there. <laughs> it is. It very much is. I promise. I have good reviews on my uh, social media presence. If you go it's back sparse, far enough, she um, she live tweets her reactions to different musical um, albums I that do. she was listening to at work. I highly recommend it. God, um, yeah. 2014 me was peaking on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but it's only gone up and downhill from there. Uh, but Ian, if they want to find you, where can they find you? Um, I am at Ibroski on Twitter and Instagram and Clubhouse, if that's what you're into. Um, I'm at ianjbrodsky.com. Um, I, I have gotten positive reviews about my Twitter as well, so um, check that yeah. out. Um, I, I think I tweeted about breakfast the other day, so that's cool. Nice. Thank you. But if you want to find the show, you can find the show at Glee Aggressive on Twitter and Instagram, gleeaggressive at gmail.com. We are still waiting for your emails, folks. And uh, make sure you like, comment, rate, subscribe on whatever platform you listen to us on and um, tell your friends. Yeah, particularly if you're an Apple user, those yes. iTunes reviews, ooh, they hit hard. They we do, yes. Um, we keep making it regardless, but like... And, like, if you want to tip us, you can tip us. Um, yeah. It's just a fun little, like, thing that, like, if you want to do it, we love you for it. And if you don't, like, that's cool. We're just, we're just glad that you're here and that you're, I don't know, part of this adventure. Yeah, support the arts of this podcast or don't. Or but don't. <laughs> support the, all the other arts, though. Exactly. Oh, boy. Folks, that one felt like a hairography. Maybe not. We but... spent a lot of time on an episode that was just kind of, like, myth. That's because there was a lot happening, yes. unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> uh, there, good news, first of all. My last fun fact for the episode, which is that Wikipedia does have a page for sexting. Thank um, fucking Christ. So if, if you want to learn more about sexting, please look <laughs> up the Wikipedia page. And if you're <laughs> wanting to join us next week, we will be talking about episode 12? Yes, mm -hmm. episode 12, which is called Mattress. So we're not quite through the first 13 yet, but the next one is called Mattress. That's a... Interested that to find mean? out what that's about. So yeah, Ian, does a... Uh, well, let's be honest. Does episode 10 make you want to watch episode 11? No. Well, 11 does not make me want to watch 12. No. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Just, oh, man. I was totally behind. I was trying to erase this episode from my mind. <laughs> so, okay. But does the fact that the next episode is called Mattress make you want to watch it? Kind of. Yeah. I want to see what that's about. All right. So this episode bad, next episode maybe good. Let's find out. <laughs>